Praise God. When we were starting uh, our service, I looked around, not a lot of people were, were here, and uh, praise God, everyone showed up on time. Slava <laughs> Bohu. Uh, Brother Andre was uh, leading up to uh, needs and thanksgiving. He described our God, and I was thinking, you guys are so blessed that you actually believe in this God. You guys know him, and it doesn't, it doesn't take you years and years to figure out that there's a creator, there's someone that loves you, but you being young, you believe in that God, and you rejoice, you believe in Jesus, and it's a blessing because there's so many people out there that are far away from that. You can talk to them about God, you can share the gospel with them, and they just don't accept it, they don't understand it. You are blessed. Um, Sam was saying that we sometimes worry when we uh, think about what we, we, what we should preach about, what we should speak about. And it, it's something that I was thinking about as well. You know, uh, it's important that children of God, chil children that need food, need something. They receive the right, proper word. Because you guys are young. You guys are developing in your spiritual life and the spiritual word. And it's important to give you something good. And I was thinking, uh, we planned with uh, David a little bit earlier this service, and I was thinking about the word that I'm going to be sharing. And this one word kept coming to me, and it was on my heart, but I was like, it's such a simple word that I should share. But, you know, I was thinking maybe something else will come to mind. And then a couple weeks ago, we had a service, uh, our Sunday service, and there was a song, Gospodite Pastor Moy. I was like, okay. I think I know that I need what I need to talk about. But then I started thinking more about it. Like, I might change the subject. And then we had our youth service last week. And one brother was preaching. He was talking also about this subject. He mentioned David. I was like, yeah, I think I need to talk about this message, share this message with you. It's really simple. It's nothing deep. It's nothing new. But I feel like you guys need to hear this today. Maybe one of you, maybe two are here today that will benefit from this message. I, was, I ran across this short video clip uh, and someone was asking like young people uh, a question. They were somewhere like college or I don't know where, but it was in America and they were asking a simple question. Are you happy? And it's interesting that young people who were born in American families in blessed country where you have everything, they're in colleges. It took him a while to answer. They paused. And this young guy, he was sitting there, he was like, I don't know. It took him a while to say, oh, I don't know if I'm happy. And he started naming different things in his life that caused uh, trouble for him. That he loses peace over. And I'm thinking, like, it seems like you should be happy. It seems like you have everything. Freedom finances but yet the question are you happy people struggle to answer and I was thinking unfortunately our young people our young youth who were born in Christian families who were blessed to be in church from their childhood they also struggle to answer this question today if you ask them are you happy many people struggle with the answer 
Like, what's on your mind? Like, think about your life past two, three years. What were you thinking about most? What caused you to lose sleep? What was going through your mind? I've had many conversations with young people. Many people live in this fear. Many people don't know what to do next. Many people don't know what the future holds for them. And when you ask them, a person who is saved, who is forgiven, who has hope, who has the promise of eternal life, and you ask them, are you happy? They struggle to answer. And I was thinking to myself, Lord, why is this happening? We're your children. We're blessed. We're saved. We should be rejoicing. Yet young people struggle with that. And there's different news that circle around there's different events that happen, and young people get caught up in that. They panic. They live in fear. And this came to my heart, and I wanted to share with you. It's very simple. It's a short little message. And it's a psalm from Bible that we know by memory. I think many of you, probably in, in Russian. Psalm 23. Let's all read it together. I don't know if everyone, if many, who, can you raise your hand if you know it in English, memorized? Anyone? One, two. There's like three people. Who knows it in Russian? I a lot more. <laughs> God bless you. Doesn't matter what language, but it says the same thing. And I just wanted to share this message with you today. It's, it's something that will encourage you. And I want you to understand what David was talking about. Let's just read it. Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in the path of the righteousness, of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You have anointed my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely, goodness and loving kindness will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Beautiful words. Many times I remember I was like seven or six. My dad made me memorize this. It was a beautiful psalm. And when you think about it, when you start thinking deep into every word, every verse, your eyes start opening and you start to see a different picture. Think about this. Who was David? David was a shepherd from his young ages. I don't know if that was his hobby. I don't know if that's something he wanted to do his whole life. But that's what he did. We read in the Bible. He was in the fields always. He had brothers. He, has, he had a father. But he was in the fields with the sheep. That was his job. That was his assignment. And I don't know his relationship with the sheep. I don't know what he was, what kind of shepherd he was. But from what I read, from what I understand, he was a good, great shepherd. He loved what he was doing. There was many things he's done as a shepherd for his sheep. When we read the Bible and further on, he risked his life for his sheep. He loved his sheep. There were animals. They're just animals. His life is much more valuable than the life of that sheep. But yet, he still risked his life for them. He cared about them. 
He protected them. He made sure that he returns back to his father's house with all of them. He wouldn't let one of them go left or right. When an animal would come, he would go and rip the sheep out of the animal's mouth. Lion, bear, doesn't matter. He did it. That's what kind of shepherd he was. And if you do research a little bit and you read about the character of the sheep, who sheeps are as animals, they're clumsy, joyful, happy, small animals. They're meek, but they're fearless. I mean, sorry, they're easily frightened. (laughs) You can scare them with anything. They don't think sometimes when they, you know, go to the left or right. They just see something green, they would go there. Cliff, no cliff, they don't really think about that. But they get scared really easily. They can't help themselves. I mean, have you ever seen sheep fight? Goats fight. You know this uh, saying, baran boots? <laughs> Those aren't sheep. <laughs> sheep don't do that. Usually the ones would have uh, roshki. But sheep are really gentle animals. But they eat green grass, really good food. They need good water. They won't drink muddy Dirty water. They need someone to constantly take care of them. They can get lost really easy. But when they hear the voice of their shepherd, they would run towards that voice. Doesn't matter where they at, if they hear their shepherd call, they would go. Yes, sometimes they would get carried away. But when they hear their shepherd, they run towards their shepherd. They're happy, joyful animals, but when they see a predator, a lion, a bear, or someone, they get scared really easy. And they they can't do anything. doesn't matter the amount of them. doesn't matter how much sheep there are in a flock. They can't protect one another. They constantly need someone to be there for them. And David saw all of this. He was with the sheep. I don't know how many years of his life, of his youth, he spent with the sheep, but he saw all of that. And at some point of his life, he makes this statement. Think about it. He says, I am a shepherd to these sheep. These sheep are weak. They get frightened easily. They constantly need someone to be with them, to protect them. And I am that one. I am the shepherd for them. And he looks at all of that. He analyzes and he says, Lord... I'm like that sheep. You are my shepherd. I'm the one who constantly needs protection. I'm the one who can get scared easily. I'm the one who needs someone with me. I can't help myself. I'm weak. There's always someone trying to do something bad for me. And I can't protect myself. And he says, Lord, I believe you are the shepherd. You are my shepherd. You're the good one. I'm clumsy. I get carried away. I get into bad situations. But Lord, you're my shepherd. Yes, I'm, I'm the sheep, the no one. There's animals who bite back, you know, when they get threatened. Sheep don't do that. 
And David says, I can't stand for myself. I can't do anything to protect myself. Lord, you are my shepherd. And it wasn't just words for him. It wasn't something he wrote down. He lived by that. He believed that God is truly his shepherd. And if you look at his life, it shows that if you start reading right away about David in the beginning, you see his character. The story about Goliath. 1 Samuel chapter 17, you would read about this huge man, three something feet tall, I don't know exactly. Horrible man. He would come out, he would mock Israel nation, he would taunt God. Things he would say. It seemed like, why can't anyone do anything about it? Like think about it. He would walk out, do that for 40 days. They said he, he was doing it for 40 days. An army, a whole army, being a, Saul as king was there as well. Saul was a warrior from his youth ages. He was the one, he went to different battles. He had experience. He'd seen blood in our own words. He'd seen all of that. He had a powerful, mighty army next to him. And they were all standing looking at Goliath and they said, we can't do anything. We understand that this guy is twice the size. His reach has doubled our reach, like huge arms. The spear he had was huge. And everyone was looking at it. It's like, there's nothing we can do. Unfortunately, we just have to stand here and take it. And David shows up. A young guy who was with his sheep day and night. I don't know how many days a week he would spend out there in the fields. But he, would, he came to visit his brothers. I don't know how he looked, but imagine how would a shepherd look, right? Smells like sheep, has wool all over him. I don't know if he had a nice haircut or not, but he shows up. He shows up. Army standing, his brother standing, guys who had experienced fighting, who've seen blood, who've seen the real life, the real world of, of their time. They're standing there. And they can't do anything. They're fearful. They're panicking. And David hears Goliath speak. And he says, guys, this is not acceptable. I just made Lord my shepherd and he's taunting my Lord. How are you guys allowing this? Aren't you guys more powerful? More, aren't you supposed to be brave? Who are you? And a shepherd who doesn't look like a warrior. He's saying that to the military. Imagine that. Some skinny guy shows up to these buff men who've been to multiple fights. And he says, guys, really? And he says, I'm going to go. I'm going to fight him. Like it's, when we read it, we don't think about it. But everyone, his brothers were there. Saul was there. People who had experience, they looked at David and inside, I bet 100%. They thought, that guy's dying tonight. Everyone knew it's a suicide mission. Like, there's no way. What are you guys talking about? Like, Goliath, he's three times bigger than you. You're skinny. You don't know how to fight. You've never been to any wars. And Saul says that to David. And we, when we read, he came up to Saul and he says, I'm going to go fight him. And Saul says, okay, put on the garments. And gives him his, 
I don't know how big they were, how heavy they were, but he dresses up all these, this armor. And it says that he couldn't walk. Like, this is not me. Saul says to him, Goliath, he's a warrior from his youth. And all you are, you're just youth. You're nothing, you know nothing. At least put on some armor. Everyone standing there panicking. All their joy that was before that, all the, all the happiness from different victories they had, it all vanished, it all went away. Because someone bigger showed up. Someone bigger, someone stronger, someone who threatened them showed up. That's it, their hope, their happiness, their joy, it all went away. And David shows up. And he says, guys, really? He's just a human being who's evil, who's going against God. And he goes against Goliath. Everyone's standing there panicking. They trust their strength. They trust their wisdom. They trust their experience. We've been to different situations. We've been through battles. But look, this one, it doesn't make sense. Don't even try. It's a loss right away. I mean, if you look through human eyes, it, it makes sense. You're not going to go with the knife against a tank, right? You're not. It's suicide and they trusted their instinct they trusted their wisdom they trusted their strength their eyes their ears and look what happened they were in fear but David did not care about that because he trusted someone that they didn't because right before that he said Lord is my shepherd I trust him I went against a bear barehanded against the lion he helped me He's going to help you here. He does not care about his life. He does not care what's going to happen next. He does not care what people think. He does not care what his eyes see, what his ears hear. He does not care because he knows that God will pull through. He lived by that. When he said, Lord is my shepherd, he trusted God to, at that moment, be with him, be next to him. And we know what happened. We know that David survived. He came out victorious. And people looked at him and they did not know what to say. This young guy with the rock. But yet he managed to bring down this big man, huge, evil predator who just wanted bad things for Israel nation. Who was mocking and taunting God. He did it because he said, Lord is my shepherd. And if you look at David's life, he had a horrible period of his life. Really difficult period of his life. You know, after this, what happened, Saul wanted to be relatives with him. He gave his daughter to David. Now Saul, the king, is father-in-law to David. But it says that Saul started to hate David. He hated David. Because David always came out prosperous. God was with him no matter what battle he went to. David was prosperous. And people saw that. People started noticing it. Saul didn't like it. And it says, if you read carefully, Saul said in uh, Samuel chapter 18, Saul would send David, he would make David commander of his army, and he would send him to different battles. And he said that, my hand shall not be against him, but let the hand of the Philistines be against him. He was hoping that David would go out there to all these battles and die. I mean, that's a wicked plan. That's a really sneaky way to get rid of a person without letting the person know David did not know that 
David did not know that all these battles that his father-in-law is sending him to is a way to get David killed. And yet David still came out prosperous, came out victorious out of all these battles. And people saw that. People started liking him. People saw that there's something different about David. A skinny guy who was a shepherd with sheep had no experience of war. Death looked into his eyes. He came out prosperous. He came out victorious. And if we continue reading, he says, he describes the, the shepherd that God is to him. And he says, God, he wants, he's going to make me lie in the green pastures. He's going to lead me to quiet waters. He says that God wants this for me. That is what God will, that's what God is going to do for me. He's my shepherd. That's what he wants for me. I wanted that for my sheep. I took my sheep to good pastures. I took my sheep to the quiet water. God is going to do the same to me. But he says further on, he says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil. Interesting fact, he does not say, because I made Lord my shepherd, because Lord is with me, I will not go through any valleys of death. He does not say that. But he says, even though, even though I do go through these valleys, even though the path to those good green pastures, to the, to the quiet waters, it goes through these valleys of death, I will not fear. David trusted God. Every step of his life, he trusted God. He did not care what his eyes saw. He did not care what his ears heard. He did not care what people said. He did not care about logic. It seems funny, right? But he trusted God more than all of these things. And he says that he's such a good shepherd. The Lord is such a good shepherd that he knows when I'm hungry. And doesn't matter of the situation, he's going to feed me. Look what he says. He says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You have anointed my head with oil. He says, you will prepare a table for me before my enemies. God is such a good shepherd. He knows that you're hungry. You need some food, spiritual food. It doesn't matter who's around you. It doesn't matter where you're at. Enemies, people who want you dead. It doesn't matter. He's going to give you what you want because he's a good shepherd. That's what he does. David did that to his sheep. The Lord does that to you. David knew that. And he says, that, I live like that. And he wrote it down. He says, I live like that. I put Lord as my shepherd. I trust him. I look at him no matter the situation in life. I look at him. I follow him. All I need is his voice. I know where he is. I know where he's calling. And at the end, he says, surely, goodness, and the other translation says, mercy will follow me. All the days of my life. David says, goodness and mercy will follow me. Why? Why will mercy follow you? Why will goodness follow you all the days of your life? Because I made Lord my shepherd. Because Lord is my shepherd. I don't decide where I go. I don't decide what I do. I don't decide where to eat, where to drink. I just trust my shepherd to take me to the place. I trust my shepherd to decide what I'm doing tomorrow. And David lived by that. And today I was looking at youth, young people. I bet 99.9% .9 of you, maybe there's 
The majority of you want goodness in your life. You want mercy to follow you. You want a good life. You guys starting to live right now. I know you look around this world and it's scary. I mean, we started with COVID and no one knew how it's going to end. But praise God, we're here, we're alive. But there's things happening in this world constantly. And you being young, you're thinking constantly like, I want to start my life. I want to start a family. There's so many great things I planned for myself, but there's fear. You hear some news and there's fear. And you don't know what to do next. You don't know how you're going to deal with tomorrow. You're not, gonna, you're not sure what's going to happen next year. You're afraid to plan ahead. And you try to trust yourself. You try to trust your mind. You trust your wisdom to make the right decision. Oh, I need to do this, this, this to avoid this, this. If this happens, I'm going to do this. That's what the Philistines wanted the Israel nation to do. They wanted to start thinking, overthinking, to panic. David was different. And today I'm telling you, you need to stop. You need to stop. You need to pause. And you need to think to yourself, is Lord my shepherd? Do I want mercy? Do I want goodness to follow me all my days of my life? Or you want to trust yourself? You want to trust your own decisions? Many people make choices, make decisions, but still lose sleep, still fear. Why aren't you starting a family? Because it's not the perfect timing. Did you hear what's happening around the world? That's not what God wants. That's not what God wants. God wants you to have peace. God wants you to rejoice. You are saved people, forgiven people. Unfortunately, unfortunately, I say this. When we are saved, when we come to Jesus, we feel so good. But unfortunately, we don't go to heaven right away. We still have years and years to live on this earth. If only it was so easy. You repent, you're in peace with God, and you go to heaven right away. That's amazing, right? But, I mean, we still have life to live. And I bet all of you want to live a good life. You want to have a blessed life. You want to have blessing in your life. But there's things you can't control. You look around, the evil seems bigger than you. The, the world seems bigger. The, the, you seem like it's overwhelming with evil people. And it scares you sometimes. It scares you. It's hard for you to make decisions. But I'm telling you today, you need to be like David. You need to look at your life and admit to yourself, I'm weak. I'm scared. I'm constantly running. I'm constantly panicking. I need someone to protect me. I need my shepherd to be with me. You need to focus your eyes on him. Doesn't matter where you're going as long as you see Jesus in front of you. Doesn't matter where your path is taking you as long as you see Jesus in front of you. There's many things you want to do in life but you're scared. There's many th situations that happen in your life and you don't know how am I going to deal with this. There's no way. There's sickness. There's different horrible illnesses around there. And you don't know, oh, what am I going to do if that happens to me? Look at Jesus. Don't look at the illness. Don't look at the evil world. It doesn't matter. Look at him. He's going to take you. He's going to lead you through all of this. It seems so easy when we just read, Lord is my shepherd. But it's hard to live it. it it's hard. This one guy was sharing a story with me and it... 
it shook me. It changed my view on life a little bit. He said that he, one day he was getting ready to work and his father calls him and says, Hey son, I was praying last night and we were at a prayer and I was praying and I don't know, I got filled with the Holy Spirit and it was just tongues and I was praying. I don't know what I was praying about. But I knew it was a different prayer. I knew I was interceding for someone. I did not know what the Spirit was praying for. And then after the service, a lady comes up. And she, was, she has the gift of uh, interpretation. God uses her. And she comes up to the, the Father and says, I just want to tell you that when you were praying, Lord revealed to me that you're praying for your son. That devil is up against his, your son. He wants to do something bad for him. I don't know exactly, the, I don't know the exact words, but it was some, something along the lines that devil is against the son, your son and the Holy Spirit knows the plans, knows the evil plans. And the Holy Spirit was interceded. And the father calls his son and says, Son, this happened. I don't know what you're going through. I know what's happening in your life, but I just want you to know that I was praying, Holy Spirit was praying, and there's a battle. There's a spiritual battle for you. And that guy was sharing with me, he said, I got ready to go to work, but I, I lost all the joy. I did not want to go to work. I did not know what to do. Because it's one thing when a neighbor hates you. It's one thing when a person who you know hates you and wants to do something bad for you. But it's another thing when there's a devil with his army, with his slaves is against you. What are you going to do at that moment? And you know that there's a battle for you, for your family. And he says, I don't know what's happening. I don't know what to do. I couldn't find peace. I went to work. But I was thinking about, Lord, please protect me. I don't know what, what to expect. He said, I have children at home. I don't know what the devil wants to do. But he said, there was this battle whole day at work. I did not think about anything else. I did not care about the money. I did not care about my future. All I wanted to know that everything's going to be okay. And he came home and he said to me, I was thinking. And I got on my knees and I said, Lord, I do not see the devil. I do not see his slaves. I can't do anything against him. There's nothing I can do to protect myself against him. But Lord, I trust that you're with me. You're stronger. You're bigger than him. And I trust my life and the life of my family into your hands. And he said, after those words, I had some peace fill me inside. And I, I, I knew everything's going to be fine. And he said that I realized, doesn't matter how big the problem is, if you trust Lord and you admit that you're weak, you're nothing, you can't do anything, Lord will come through. Lord will help you. And he said, after that, that's what I do every step of my life. I wake up, I know there's an illness around there. There's a flu around there. There's bad news around there. I get on my knees, I said, Lord, I give my kids under your protection. I give my wife under your protection. My life is under your protection. I don't care how, but you will protect me. That's what sheep do. That's what sheep do. They rely on their shepherd. And that's what Lord is expecting from you. Doesn't matter. I'm telling you news that you might not want to hear. No one cares about you in this world as much as Lord does. Only parents, God-fearing parents will care about you. Your siblings, they care about themselves more than they care about you. Your best friend, they care about themselves more than they care about you. There's moments when you're closed in your room and you know that no one can help you. 
You know that even parents won't help you. Sometimes young people who are raised in Christian families, they don't have a relationship with their parents. And there's questions like, who do I go to? The people who should be the closest to me, they're not with me. Who should I talk to? Who should I tell my problems to? But I'm telling you, you believe in Jesus. And he said in John, not David, but he said himself, I am a good shepherd. He confirms the words of David. He says, I am the good shepherd. I put my life for my sheep. And that's the Jesus we believe in. That's the Jesus we trust today. And doesn't matter. He loves you more than people in this world. Doesn't matter how close you have a friend, how big of a family you have. Jesus still loves you more than they do. Because there will be a moment in your life you will feel lonely. You will feel like no one cares. You will feel like no one can help you. But remember this, there's God. There's Jesus. He died for you. He forgave you. And He says, I want goodness and mercy to follow you all your days. Doesn't matter how old you are. Pray to Him. Get on your knees. Admit to Him. I'm weak. I'm nothing without you. I need your protection. Trust Him and He will come through. Amen? Let's all get on our knees and pray.